my son was gaming in his room. And while he was gaming, he kept on saying something that stood out to me. And I preached on this a week ago at our church. And I could not get away from it because of what you're dealing with here, the subject of missions. I felt led that this was the best direction to go. And so I want to share with you this message that I shared with our church, Thrive Church, on 2 o'clock last Sunday. But my son was gaming, and he's so loud, a little bit obnoxious. He has his headset on. He's communicating with his friends. He's hitting his desk. He's yelling, and he's like, he kept on saying, full send, Logan, full send. And I'm like, what what does that even mean? You know, Gen Z has their own language. Nobody understands it. And then when you try to communicate with them, they're like, you don't know what that means? Like, we're dumb. We're not dumb. We go by the dictionary. Y'all make your own words up. We're we're normal human beings. So he comes out of his room, and I said, Christian, what does full send mean? He's like, you don't know what that means, Dad? I'm like, no. He's like, oh, Dad, you're so old. You're so old. I'm 44. I am doing pretty good. I guess I am getting old. But at that moment, I had to realize I'm not connected with his language. And I need to understand, what does this mean? He said, Dad, it's simple. It just means you're all in. Go all in. Don't hold anything back. All in. Man, that stuck with me. The reason it stuck with me is because I realize when it comes to us being Christians and disciples of Jesus Christ, we're not necessarily all in, full sin. Being all in, full sin, requires some things from us. Because full sin means that you are willing to go all the way for Jesus Christ. There are very few things in life we go all in with, right? I was telling them in the first service about getting married. That's all in, full sin. When I got married, I got married here. And I got married on this stage, like going on 21 years ago. And before I walked out that door to come on this stage, Tony was doing the wedding. He was performing the wedding, my brother. And he was just saying all kinds of silly things just to get in my brain and mess me up and make me nervous. He's such a great pastor. And I'm like, by the time he's done running his mouth, I don't even know if I want to get on this stage. I don't know if I want to full sin and get married. And I'm thinking, oh, this is it. This is it. And then it hit me. You'll never find another woman. She is so out of your league. Who cares what this guy says? Full send. (laughs) Say I do and let's go. And I am so glad because it was amazing. It's been amazing 21 years. We made a decision. Have kids. No turning back, right? Yeah. Yeah, when they're born, you think they're just going to be little snuggly creatures that you just love like a puppy. (laughs) they just keep on pooing. They don't stop. It's like something's broke. Stop it. But you're committed now because they're not a puppy. You can't give them to a dog pound. You can't get rid of them. I said this before, only in certain countries, but not in this country. It's full sin. You're all in. You have made a commitment. Same with ministry. If you're serious, planning a church, I have been, oh, I've worried and worried about things because I'm a human being. There was a period of time I'd lay in bed when Bree's trying to go to sleep, and I'd be like, hey, Brianna. She'd be like, what? I'm like, are you sure we're making the right decision? She's like, Dave, you do this like once a month. <laughs> Why? Because I'm human. I get worried. I get nervous. If you're not there, well, you're not human. 
Because I want to go all in, and sometimes there's things that hold us back. Some people think they're all in, but they're not. They're not. They're like, I went through a discipleship program. I'm all in. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. That doesn't make you a disciple. You say, I'm a Christian. That doesn't make you a disciple. I'm a member of Fellowship Baptist Church, and I sing on the stage, and I play this, and I do this, and I'm a teacher. That doesn't make you a disciple. Do you all know what I'm saying? You have a wonderful devotional life that still doesn't make you a disciple of Jesus Christ. So what makes us a disciple of Jesus Christ? What are the requirements to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ? The answer is in two words. It's being all in, full send. It's going all the way. And Jesus clarifies this for us in Luke chapter 14, 25 through 35. Jesus is on his way through some cities, teaching and journeying towards Jerusalem. In essence, he's on his way to the cross. This is it. He's going all in. This is at the end of his life, 33 and a half years. Jesus just had the Sabbath day feast with some guests, some folks that just wanted to talk with him, as they said. Some were Pharisees. and They were trying to trigger him to see how he would respond. Being the son of God, he handled it quite well. He walks out into the street to be met by a multitude of people that knew he was there. And it is at this moment that Jesus makes a decision. He wants these people to understand the importance of being true followers of him. Not just to say, we're going to go wherever you go. We're going to watch your miracles. We're going to applaud. Yay! We're going to worship. We're going to eat the food you provide. Oh, we love you, Jesus. It's like, no, no, no. No, this, this is it. I'm about to go to the cross. And he makes a decision at this moment to look them in the eyes and say, are you willing to go all in? Do you really know what it means to truly follow me and be a disciple? So... In Luke chapter 14, 25 through 27, he walks out and he's met by this great multitude. And he turned and said unto them, verse 26, Luke chapter 14, If any man come to me and hate not his father and his mother and his wife and his children and his brother and his sisters, yea, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. At this very moment, the people are going, What? Are you talking about Jesus? This is crazy talk. Verse 27. Whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Jesus makes it very clear. If you do not do these three things, you do not make the cut. You're not a disciple. What are those things? What are these requirements to go full sin to be a disciple? Well, let me make it easy. I'm a very simplistic person, you know. I know that's shocking to you. But uh, first thing is this. The first requirement is to choose Christ. If you want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, you want to go full sin, choose Christ. Choosing Christ is not in reference to salvation. This is in, in rather making God a, priorita- a priority in your life. It's prioritizing God. Choosing Christ. Making him a priority. It's interesting because in verse 26, 
Jesus is not literally saying to hate your family and yourself. That would be contrary to his teachings. Everybody with me? He said to love your neighbor, you love yourself. Love your wife as Christ loved the church. He's very specific about your family and your children. So that's not what he's saying at all in verse 26 when he says, hate your mom, hate your dad, hate your brother, hate your sister, hate your dog, hate everybody. (laughs) That's not what he's doing. Verse 26 is an allegory. He is making a comparison. He, he's basically saying this. When you prioritize Jesus Christ above all else, above everything else, and make him number one, it looks as if you hate everybody else in comparison. Not that you do, but it literally looks like your love for Jesus is so overwhelming, so real, so pure, so true, that your love for anybody else and everybody else just looks almost like hate even though you don't hate them. That is going all in. This is saying, I am willing to prioritize above everything else, every relationship, Jesus Christ. So this verse is in reference to prioritizing or choosing Christ above all. Someone once said, your priorities must be God first, God second, God third, until your life is continually face-to-face with God. The question, are we there? Are you there? Jesus said it best in Mark chapter 8, verse 34. Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Deny himself. If you're not hungry for God, then you're probably full of yourself. And the reason you're full of yourself is because you did not deny yourself. So, first requirement to be a disciple of Jesus Christ is choose Christ. Make him the priority. But don't miss this. Choosing Christ also means make him your authority. I sometimes struggle with authority. I talked about this in the first service. I asked this question, I asked you the same question. Do you struggle with authority? <laughs> say, no, I love authority. I love people telling me what to do. Let's do a little test. How many of you love going the speed limit? Raise your hand. Really? This is an honest crowd. That first service, analyze those people. There were some liars in that audience. (laughs) Yes, we struggle with that. I do too, believe it or not. (laughs) I don't like going the speed limit, especially when I'm running late. How many love paying your taxes? Raise your hand. Whoa, wow, this is rebels. I paid $4,000 in taxes just this last time I had to pay my taxes and deal with my taxes. I didn't want to do that. You know why I did that? Because that's the authority that's over me. And I made some decisions I didn't realize I was making, and I messed up on my taxes. Side note, here's the point. Authority. It's everywhere. But when it comes to being a disciple of Jesus Christ, we must choose Christ above everything else. His authority overrides everything else. Your opinion, your assumptions, your truth, your narratives, it's Jesus above everything else. Peter said it this way, we ought to obey God rather than man. If you choose to prioritize Christ above all, then you are submitting to the authority of God, and that is essential to go all in. That is essential to go full send. 
Choosing Christ means you're prioritizing him and you're making him the authority of your life. God's authority trumps everything else. God's authority is a necessity to sift everything in your life. You say, well, we parent this way because this is the way I was raised. It's the way I talked to my wife because this is the way my dad talked to his wife, my mom. Well, it doesn't make it right. What does God's word say? That's the authority. It's above everything else. And Jesus made it very clear to the multitude. He said, if you're going to be a disciple, choose me. Make me the priority. Make me your authority. That is a necessity or you cannot be a disciple. Second requirement. Luke chapter 14, verse 27. And whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Bear your cross. Bearing your cross is a daily decision. Every day you have to make the decision to take up your cross. Luke chapter 9 verse 23 says it this way. And take his cross daily in order to follow me. He must take up his cross every single day. Man, daily making a decision to bear my cross is not easy. So in 19, I think it was 1988, my grandmother bought me and Tony and my brother Denny a Nintendo. And we were so excited. It came with Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt. It was awesome. It's legit. (sighs) Amazing technology. I'm going to show you it. You're going to be like, oh my goodness. That's amazing. Yes, I know. This is the box. This is called the old Nintendo. Open it up. (sighs) Blow it out. Take the cartridge, blow it out, insert the cartridge. Game on, baby. Here's the problem. In 1988, they didn't realize how important it is to have a memory card or memory at all. So you play the game, you get to level one, level two, level three. And then you got to go to bed and then you hit the button that says power and then you start over the next day. What? Are you kidding me? So we figured it out, me and Tony and Denny. We're like, just don't shut it off. Leave it on. All week long. And it'd be like, on fire. We love this game called Mega Man. It's our favorite game. We'd get as far as we could get in Mega Man. I mean, we'd get to level one, level two, level three, level four. And everybody's like, oh, wait until you get to level eight. It's amazing. The graphics are (laughs) mind-blowing. 1988. Problem was... We were only on level five, so we had to keep the Nintendo on, so we left it on. Until my dad gets up for work, and he trips over the cord and resets the whole thing. We're like, my life at this very moment is coming to a close. (laughs) Of course, we always blame Denny for that. Uh, Even if it wasn't his fault, we blame Denny. Here's the point. Every day during the summer, we got up and determined to start over anyway. Whether they liked it or not. So we already did level one, level two, level three. Yeah, I know exactly what's to be expected in level one, level two, level three. But I got to get up and I have to do it again. I brought the cross just for a visual because I want you to get this. The problem is when it comes to the cross, we won't, we, we, we don't want to make that decision. Because in order to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, you have to bear your cross every day. It's like, man, it's like the game. It's like get up in the morning, start over. 
oh, I'm so tired. I'm so exhausted. Do I want to deal with this? Because it takes a lot to be a Christian in today's day and age. But it even takes a lot more to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. So I pick it up and I'm like, okay, let's do this. And sometimes I get up and say, I don't know if I want to. I already did level one, level two, level three. My friends say, just stay with it because you're going to get to the next level. And, and listen, there's going to be some crazy things, but you're going to love it. Just keep on keeping on. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Every single day, pick it up. Because everybody's watching you too. You say, well, it's not about them. No, but you're a light. Whether you like it or not, so they are watching you. Pick it up. Your kids are watching you. Your wife is watching you. Your husband's watching you. Your nephew's watching you. Your niece is watching you. Pick it up. Bearing the cross is a daily decision. Let me tell you about this daily decision, what makes it hard, because we often do this. We drop it. Like, ah, man, I don't know if I can pick it back up. Look at how bad I messed up. Look how bad I've really messed up. And so because we drop it, we make a decision not to pick it back up. Hmm. But Paul says, I die daily. And the reason he says that is because it's not about me, my feelings and my emotions, even my anxiety and my depression. I have to make a decision to override that and know I press on. I press on and I press on again. Because bearing your cross, it's a daily decision and it's also a sacrificial decision. Because the, the cross represents sacrificing something, specifically yourself. Anybody that was bearing a cross was a dead man walking. And it's interesting that Jesus chose the cross to illustrate his point. Because nobody knew that Jesus was going to die on the cross at this time. Only Jesus knew that in his foreknowledge. Because he's the son of God. So it's very intentional that Jesus says, that cross that I'm going to bear is going to take my life physically. But the cross I'm asking you to bear is going to cost you something spiritually. Every day, pick it up. And what it's going to cost you is to crucify your flesh to walk in the spirit. And Jesus, he knows this well because Jesus chose to follow the Father's will. Choose to sacrifice our will over God's will. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 22 and verse 42, saying, he said this to his Father, if thou will remove this cup from me, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. So I get up and I think, oh man, I don't want to do this. Really? <sighs> All right, let's do this. I'm going to do this. I got this. Because it's not about me. It's, it's about the sacrifice I'm making. I, I, I got to do this. When my wife says, Dave, quit talking about if you're doing the right thing. That's her basically saying, pick up your cross. Plant the church. Let's move on. Well, I'm getting old. Dave, you're 44. Hold it together. You got a little gray in your beard, but it's just begun. The journey. Bear your cross, bear your cross. Pick it up. Because it's a sacrifice. What's priority in your life? Interesting. Because Jesus even asked his own disciples that. Of course, they would declare, I'll go to the end with you, Peter. 
And the Bible says eventually he followed afar off and even denied. Judas, we all know he crossed the line and then he killed himself. We're talking about disciples. Nobody was sitting at the tomb on day three going, he said he was going to rise again. Woo, here we go. Wonder why. You know why? Because they're human. And maybe they were so discouraged after seeing Jesus on the cross, they dropped their cross. And they said, I just don't know. And they started hiding. Bearing your cross is a daily decision. It's tough. It's not easy. Here's the thing. Third, follow Christ. Third requirement, follow Christ. Luke chapter 14, verse 27. We're just working our way through scripture. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. You know what? Kids, they just don't play follow the leader anymore. What's going on with this world? Imagination. Have fun. Get out. Well, we did that, you know, probably because we didn't have anything else to do in Alabama. Middle of nowhere. Five acres of land in Somerville, Alabama. And uh, so when my parents bought that land, it was all overgrown and you know, the, the joke that you might be a redneck if you mow your lawn and find a car. Well, we mowed our lawn and found cars all the time. Because the guy that owned the property was a backyard mechanic, and he just left the cars everywhere that he took parts off of. So we mowed the lawn and found a car. We found three buses in our yard. And so my brothers, we always would do this, follow the leader. And Tony was our leader. <sighs> Imagine that. At that time, he was a horrible leader. Horrible leader. I know he's your pastor. Just stick with me. <laughs> I said it was then, not now, okay? Uh, so he'd say, follow me. So we'd follow him blindly. And he'd say, we're going to, you, you know, and the goal is to stick with the leader. No matter where, it, where he takes you, stick with the leader. If you don't stick with the leader, then you'll, you'll lose the game. So he'd take us through the woods. And it'd be like swampy, all nasty. And we'll, we're going to walk on these logs. Come on, Denny. Come on, Dave. We'd stay on the log. Don't fall in. If you fall in, then you're not following the leader because you have to do exactly what I do. So we'd walk on the logs. The water looked like it was filled with diseases. But our leader, our fearless leader, your pastor, led us through that. Then we'd go through the yard, and we'd go through different parts of the yard, and it's five acres. Then he'd go on top of the bus, climb up the back of the bus, then over the top of the bus, and then we have to slide down the front of the bus. It's just a rusty old bus. And Tony, we slide down, and I cut up my stomach, and I'm thinking, oh, no, i got to get a shot now. Thanks, leader. He did the same thing. He still has the scars on his stomach today from that. And I'm thinking, why am I following you? Out of all people, Denny would have been better. No, that's not true. My other brother. Why am I following you? Because I didn't know any better. I thought I could trust him. Years later, I moved to Ohio, and I... I worked for him. Imagine that for 14 years. <laughs> Still following him. But at that time, I wanted to follow the leader and get as close as I could. When I became a believer in Jesus Christ, I wanted to follow the leader. I, I, I wanted to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. I want to get as close to him as I possibly can. But I'm going to be very honest with you. That's not easy to follow Jesus Christ. Because he takes me in places I never thought I'd ever go. And he does things in my life that I'm like, I don't understand you. You make no sense. So while he's leading me, I'm thinking, why are we going this direction? 
If you would have asked me that our, our, our transition from the library, first of all, if you would have told me you're going to start in a library, I would have been like, no, I don't think so. That's odd. They won't even let us meet in the library. For a matter of fact, I just met a church planner the other day, and he said, where are you guys at in Dublin? I said, in the library. He goes, nah, that's impossible. I'm like, bro, we're in the library. He's like, nah. I said, and it's free. And he's like, no, we left Dublin because it was so hard. <laughs> he said, we're in the Plain City area. He said, I just feel like Dublin hates churches. And I'm like, ah, I don't know about that. God's in control, and he worked it all out. And then this think that we're going to go from a library to a Mandarin-speaking church facility, pff, what? I mean, I can't even imagine that. But guess what I'm doing? I'm choosing as a disciple of Jesus Christ to follow Christ, and I'm going wherever he leads me, and it ain't going to be across the top of an old rusty bus. <laughs> He's leading me in a direction that's good for me as long as I stay focused on him. Because if you're following the leader, you have only one choice, to look forward and watch where he leads. And that means this, following Christ, you don't look back. Don't look back. Paul said it best. I love Paul's writings. Philippians 3.13, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. He said that because looking back will prevent you from moving forward. You see, when you pick up your cross and you're being a disciple of Jesus Christ, this is what happens when you look back. You remember your failures and how you dropped the cross in the past. Like, oh, what if I do it again? (sighs) Remember when I failed? Oh, I prayed so many times and committed this to Christ, but I keep on messing up. I mean, literally, like, God, I promise in the name of Jesus Christ, I will never do this again. And I did it again. And I do it again and do it again, and then I look at the cross and I'm like, can I do this? Yes, I can do this because I'm not worried about what was then. I'm worried about what is in the future. So I pick up the cross and I don't look back. Jesus said it this way. He said, no man having put his hand to the plow looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. You know why he said that? Because just before he said this, there was excuse after excuse after excuse made by the people that he said, follow me, follow me. And they're like, well, I just got married. I just bought some property. And one thing after the other, they were saying as an excuse. When you look back, you'll have plenty of excuses not to move forward. Y'all follow me? I don't go to church anymore. I got hurt real bad. There's hypocrites there. Hello! There's 7 billion people in the world. There's hypocrites everywhere. Everywhere. You can be stranded on an island. If somebody's there, he's probably going to be a hypocrite. You know what it is? Come on. Suck it up, buttercup. You're just making excuses. Right? You're like, oh, you're so forward. No, this is just the truth. Pick up your cross and quit focusing on the past. Move forward. Move forward. Hey, listen to this. You don't look back, but you don't hold back. Paul said in the second part of Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13 into verse 14, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Reaching forth. You're just, you're going as far as you can to reach out to press toward that mark. Man, how bad do you want it? 
How bad do you want your family to be grounded in Jesus Christ? How bad do you want to be a disciple for Jesus Christ for your wife, for your kids, for your nephew, for your niece? How bad do you want to be that grandfather that's a disciple? Full sin. Are you all in? Are you willing to bear your cross? Because the requirements of Jesus Christ are very clear. Choose Christ. Bear your cross. And this is vitally important. Follow Christ. Don't hold back. What's holding you back from being a disciple of Jesus Christ? Well, we got big decisions to make. This is our first time to ever give to missions, and we just don't know if we can. Full sin. Do it. Try it. So, well, that church is all about the money. No, no, they're not. They're all about the gospel. So why don't you guys do this? You should buy a banner. Banners cost money. We should have heat. Really? Did you know you have to pay for that? Hey, let's send somebody overseas and support them. That costs money too. So we're not about the money. We're about the mission, the mission, the mission. Yeah. I'm about the product when I go to Starbucks. So when they say $6 for that drink, I'm like... I'm willing to pay. What are you willing to pay for? What are you willing to pay for? Full send. Jesus finishes in Luke chapter 14. And he says something that just stands out. He said, it's going to cost you something to be a disciple. He said, and he gives this beautiful example. He said, no man, no man is going to build a tower unless he, co- he counts the cost. What's it going to take? What's, what's the amount of money it's going to take, the time it's going to take? He said, if he begins and puts a foundation and doesn't finish, then people are going to notice. It's beca- it, it, he'll become a mockery. Mm. So what's the point, Jesus? Well, it gets to the point in verse 33. So likewise, whosoever he be of you, that forsaketh not all that he hath cannot be my disciple. You say, do you want me to live in a cardboard box? No. Come on, guys. He wants you to have a happy life. He wants you to live a life that is sufficient. But he doesn't want you to prioritize anything outside of him, over him. He doesn't want you to take things and put them above him. He wants you to go all the way. But in order to do that, he said in this passage of Scripture, you have to consider the cost. It's going to cost you. Say, well, I'm willing. Just like Peter said, we'll go all the way. Jesus said a couple of times to his disciples, do you really understand what you're saying? So are you willing to count the cost? Because there might be a young man in here right now that God is calling to be a missionary or a preacher might be a young lady right now that God is all over you and just in your mind, in your heart, you can't get away from what the Holy Spirit is trying to say to you and you are thinking, ah, I never thought I could serve in this area, but I can't get away from it because God is pricking my heart to do it. All in, all in, all in. So, well, I give to missions. Is that all? Thank God you're doing that. That's beautiful and in a necessity. We want to see people on the mission field and it costs, but How about you? Do you want to be a disciple for your children? An example for your wife, for your husband, for your 
for your niece, for your nephew, for how about your grandchildren? What example are you for them? So my question is this, if you're listening to me, are you all in? Are you all in? Are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? If not, what's holding you back? Why can't you go full sin? What's preventing you from going all in?